Welcome to Slot Plus, the bonus segment of our show for those of you who are members of Slate Plus. What we're talking about today with Jamel Bowie and Steve Metcalf is the show to come from the producers of Game of Thrones, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who announced this week they are now developing a show called Confederate for HBO, which will be, if I understand it, an alternate history. It will be a show imagining the present day, but the present day if the South had won the Civil War. So not many details have been released about this show yet, but as soon as the announcement came out, there was there was enormous reaction, controversy on social media, and uh, all kinds of fights about whether or not two white guys who have a show, as I understand it, completely about white medieval elves and dwarves. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I think it's a pretty white show, are really the people to be developing this um, alternate sort of speculative sci-fi history show. And uh, I don't really have strong feelings either way as a non-watcher of Game of Thrones, but I do think it seems like a conversation worth having with the proviso that, of course, it is too early to have a conversation about the show itself, which doesn't exist. What we're talking about is more the controversy this has generated and, uh, you know, the, the potential or non-potential for Confederate. So have at it, you guys. How do you feel about this announcement? Uh, so on one hand, I actually completely sympathize with the reaction against it. Um, the the genre and tradition of alt, alt history about the Civil War is like very, very old and very long. Um, and most of it's actually pretty reactionary. And so it, it's, it's totally understandable to me that someone would hear this announcement and think, Oh, what we're going to get is a bunch of Confederate, neo Confederate fan fiction. Um, and in an, in an age where, uh, political racism is resurgent, um, where sort of white racial resentment is very much a part of our politics, it seems like a failure of imagination to go this route for alt history. And I actually really sympathize with that view. My other sort of feeling of it, though, is that this, depending on how how it goes, really, this potentially could be quite illuminating. Um, you know, the it sounds like a simple scenario. What if the South had won? But it's actually like an amazingly complex question that I think uh, reveals some fundamental truths about that conflict that are still contested in um, in, in public and sort of public discussion. Namely, that uh, a world where the Confederacy won its war is a world where there quite potentially is like a slave empire existing, like a, a transnational slave empire existing well into the 20th century. Um, uh, and in turn, sort of trying to visualize what that world looks like, um, can throw facts about our reality in stark relief. Uh, but that's only if it's done well. And that's sort of, the, I think, the big concern here. They, uh, Benioff and Weiss did an interview where one of them cited, uh, Shelby Foote as, as an historian that, uh, he likes. And that's sort of a giant warning bell for those of us who, um, are read a lot of Civil War history, are kind of informed about modern Civil War historiography and Reconstruction historiography, and uh, foot sort of relative to where modern scholars are, is is still kind of too tied to lost cause romanticism. Yeah, there was that. That was definitely a red flag in that interview. I believe that was a New York Magazine interview with with Benioff and Weiss. And then I think I saw you tweeting about this, Jamel. It was also a little bit alarming that they didn't seem clear on what the Battle of Antietam is, which, you know, if you're about <laughs> to launch a big show about the Civil War, you might want to bone up on that before your interview. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing that strikes me, um, Jamel, I'm curious to hear you t speak to this, too, because I'm not really that familiar with the counterfactual, um, you know, uh, alt-right. Alt you know, or or otherwise, uh, histories in which the South has won the, the war. But um, 
you know, the 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 danger of it done badly is lost cause romanticism, um, you know, and kind of the antebellum world extending, you know, all the supposed gone with the wind charms extending into postbellum America. But maybe the the possibility or the or the intriguing possibility is a counterfactual in which things aren't as that different. You know, I mean, the instead of an enormous difference, as in the Amazon series, um, you know, Man in the High Castle, uh, and we're measuring all these enormous differences between our world and a counterfactual one in which the Nazis won, you know, in a way, the South did win the Civil War, right? I mean, they, they, they lost it in one massive and obvious respect, which is they didn't get to continue a cotton-based slave economy uh, into the future, but they, during Reconstruction, expelled the North and, and, and um, reconstituted their society in ways that were amenable uh, uh, to white supremacy. And what would be horrifying and I think satirically effective about the show would be saying, weirdly, how close or how parallel these two worlds uh, really are. Yeah, that would be be really interesting. And I think, um, I think, I think quite disturbing. Um, Yeah. But that, I think, I don't know. That requires that I think requires a level of like really serious historical knowledge about sort of uh, American history as it unfolded and what would change that I'm kind of I'm not yet convinced the showrunners here have. Um, and I do think I mean, I do think that uh, I kind of go back and forth between this, but um, I, I, I do think that. There is a bit of a risk there, and that is, although I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say outright that the South really won. I think that kind of diminishes a bit that the real differences, even between sharecropping and chattel slavery, right? Like, you know, sharecropping was horrible, but at least your children weren't owned by someone. Um, at least your families weren't broken up, uh, and that is that is like a I think a pretty existential difference. So, you know. It's it's possible to overstate that case as well, um, which is why I kind of hope that whoever is responsible for doing the research here um, really tries to take seriously what would change um, as yeah. much as they try to figure out what would stay the same. Yeah, I, uh, and I didn't mean to. Be, I, I didn't mean to be glib. I meant to sort of. Oh no, not at all. I, I, I don't think. I don't think yeah. you were being glib. That's just yeah. No, right. I, the way in um, which it's like a kind of. Yeah, it's like a kind of a minor, or not a minor, it's like a moral awakening to realize that the current prison system is a direct extension of Jim Crow in a way, like to to kind of enforce a continuity where people congratulate themselves maybe on there having been a dramatic break and just forcing people to confront that the break wasn't as total and dramatic, um, you know, as, as they might have believed. In terms of just the who gets to tell whose story question, I mean, how how upsetting is it that the two creators of the show are white? I mean, they are saying that they're going to work very closely with some people on the the writing team, uh, the Spellmans, this married couple who are both TV writers and who are black. And there are going to be creators of different races on the show. But the two showrunners behind it are going to be two white dudes. Is that in itself something that speaks poorly of the future of the show? I don't think so. I mean, some of the best scholars on um, on sort of modern scholars on slavery, on its on its sort of impact, on some of the people who best helped us understand what the what the the Confederate South was, what the the slave system was, were white historians. I, I don't think 
I think what matters is are you approaching this with care? Are you approaching this um, uh, with with an open mind, with an eye towards rigorous scholarship? And that includes for making a TV show. Um, are you aware of the things that are challenging and fraught? Like, are you kind of are you are you treating this with the seriousness it deserves? You can do that as a, a white writer. You can do that as a black writer. You can fail at that as a black writer. Um, so yeah, I it's I don't think that the for me at least it's not that they're white. It's a, I'm not convinced that they have like the necessary sensitivity and like you know knowledge. Like if I were if if I were hired by HBO to be a consultant for this show, I would basically put them through like a year long America from eighteen forty to nineteen hundred historiography class. Just like you need to under you need to have a a good working knowledge of what the history of the country actually was uh, before you begin to play the old history game. Oh man, I would watch that a show in which the creators yes, have been put through the Jamel Bowie tutorial say. system. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Well, Jamel, you're the only one who watches Game of Thrones of the of the three of us. So, what about just your knowledge of that show and the way that they handle politics and violence and sexuality and and everything on Game of Thrones? Is that something you can see translating into an interesting alternate Confederate history? I mean, the, I, I like Game of Thrones uh, quite a bit, but the show has its flaws, and one of them is that. Benioff and Weiss are kind of tone deaf on some of the the racial and gender implications and sexual implications of the storyline, the stories they're trying to tell and the visuals they use. And so one famous example of this was, I forget which season it was, but uh, Daenerys Targaryen, who is sort of the um, the heir of the to the throne of a dynasty that was overthrown in the events before the series and whose story kind of is one of the through lines of the whole series um, ends up liberating a bunch of uh, enslaved people in one of the kind of eastern desert kingdoms. And the shot showing um, post-liberation, this is our savior shot, shows them lifting her above their heads and kind of crowding around here. Now, if if everyone were like, you know, look basically the same, this might not be such an issue. But what the image was, was this pale, you know, bleach blonde white woman being um, uh, basically worshipped by a bunch of almost faceless brown people. And it was just like, right. it was just not, it was like not, it was not something, if it, literally anyone non-white saw that frame, they would be like, we can't do this. Right. Um, and the fact that this, they didn't notice it is like a big red flag. Um, similarly, there was a scene and I, I cannot recall the season where two of the characters meet after a long separation. And I think in their minds, what they wrote was sort of like a passionate embrace leading to sex. But what was on screen was basically a rape. Right. Um, and again, they didn't seem to sort of like see, see that. And so when you're dealing with, uh, uh, kind of a situation scenario where there, you know, the story of slavery is also the story of sexual violence. Um, uh, it's of of complicated racial dynamics and, and imagery. You gotta you gotta be real sensitive to that stuff. <laughs> um, you have to be able to kind of almost intuitively get it. And I don't. I'm not sure that they do. I mean, I'm. I, I, that's me being kind. I don't think that they do. Yeah, I mean, I know that Game of Thrones fans say that their their depiction of 
gender in particular and, and rape scenes has gotten more sensitive and more complex over the seasons. But based on the few episodes that I saw, which was the very first season we watched it to talk about on, on this show, it just it seemed just rapey as all get out. And it seemed like they had a very, very long way to go on that score. So hmm, I don't know. Dana, you and I both uh, carry the obligation of having to binge Game of Thrones, which actually I'm eager to do. Um, I, I carry no such through. obligation. <laughs> really? I thought, I mean, I thought I'm it was utterly free of that burden. I mean, I think a part of it, I was actually discussing this with our former intern, Joe Livingston, who, like me, is a medievalist by training. She majored in medieval studies, and I, I believed it in grad school as well. And I don't know, there's just, there's something about that kind of like faux, you know, what what's what's that restaurant where they watch people joust, you know? What is it called? <laughs> medieval Times. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's something a little Medieval Times about the whole Game of Thrones thing. And I say this as someone with a huge, huge Peter Dinklage crush as of decades. I absolutely love him. And I, I've, from what little I've seen on him, of him on that show, I love that character. I'm sure that I would get into certain storylines and certain performances if I watched the show. But that whole world of the sort of cheesy pseudo medieval elves wearing bearskins and fighting for kingdoms is not my world. Okay, I'm not... I'm not imposing an obligation on you as a human being or even a member of the critical establishment, but only as a, um, a recurring third of this podcast. And I think we're obliged to talk about it uh, as per Julia Turner, uh, our gracious overlord. We have to watch. We ha- I think we have to watch it in order to discuss the final season. But isn't it like 45 hours of watching now? <laughs> I don't know that I have that much left in <laughs> my or, life. Give or take. <laughs> you can do it, Dana. I know. Lighten up on the gamelan. You'll be fine. (laughs) All right. Well, at any rate, this new show, HBO's Confederate, will go into production next year. We can presume that sometime in the next couple of years, we will all get a chance to watch it and be horrified or fascinated or whatever our reaction is. And I'm sure we'll end up talking about it here on the GabFest. So thank you, Jamel and Steve, for your input on Confederate. And thank you to all of you who subscribe to Slate Plus, who get bonus content like this and who help us to do the journalism that we do. We'll talk to you next week.